0: Hello, Echo fam. Welcome to Echo Online Service. We love that you are watching today. We have a whole lot of goodness in store for you. At Echo, we hope that you find your place, your people, and your purpose. To start the process for our online community, let us know you're watching. Comment with your favorite meme of the week. We would love to meet you and connect with you today. Here is what you can expect from ECHO online service. A few songs of worship with our awesome band, a powerful and timely message from Pastor Andy, and a time of response. If you call ECHO home, you know that we are all about the rescue. We want to help you take steps forward into full restoration. An organization that we love partnering with is called Project 42. Did you know that 42% of the world is still waiting for access to the gospel? Project 42 exists to help close that gap by raising awareness, partnering with missionaries, and providing resources to make it happen. If you are looking to give today, you can do so a few different ways. You can head to our website, use the Church Center app, or text any amount to 84321. If you call yourself a Christian but have not been baptized, we want to invite you into the waters. Biblically, Jesus commands us to take this physical action. It's a physical action that represents an inward movement. You might say, what's so special about these waters? (laughs) And nothing, except that Jesus invites us in. At Echo, we call it Flood Sunday, and our next Flood Sunday is March 21st. If you are interested in being baptized, email hey at wearetheecho.church and we will send you a form to fill out. Thanks again for joining us and we hope you enjoy Echo Sunday service.
1: salvation has come to this house because the son of man Jesus who knew no sin became sin that we may become the righteousness of God himself Father by your grace we are saved through faith and not by works so this morning Jesus we just thank you right now for your amazing grace
2: presence is here this morning. And into that love and into that grace, God, just let us fall a little bit deeper. To let go of anything that we're holding on to, God, and just fall into your arms. There's so much grace, there's so much love that you have for us.
3: I've been conflicted all week with writing a message about the Sabbath, about a basic that so many of us view as optional, as more of a suggestion than an actual commandment. I've written so many things down. (laughs) I've journaled, I've thought about it, I've considered what to say. And I think we would miss the point of Sabbath if we just would continue on as normal. Because the Sabbath isn't anything that we do, it's everything what God does and what he wants to do. In the beginning of Genesis, God created the heavens and earth, and He came to the sixth day. And when it came to the seventh, what did He do? He rested. The God of heaven took a moment and rested. I know sometimes worship feels like it's a lot about us. I mean, it sometimes feels like if we can't sing, we can't really do much. <laughs> Sometimes we come here and we carry the burden of religiosity. We carry the burden of what we have to do at church today to please God. But the Sabbath isn't about that. Sunday morning isn't about that. It's stepping into a room, I believe, with others. Or if you're watching at home with a loved one and saying, you know what? This has nothing to do with me. It has everything about Jesus and what he wants to do in me. In Matthew 12, 12, there's an interaction with Jesus and his disciples. And they're walking on the Sabbath and they're walking through these grain fields. And as they do, they're picking off the head of the grain field or these grains and popping them in their mouth. And the religious people see Jesus and his disciples doing that. And they decide to confront the son of God. (laughs) Why are your disciples doing this? It's the Sabbath. And what Jesus does next is he, he says, well, haven't you ever read about how David, when he was in need of food, when his army was in the food of, in need, they went into the temple and they took the temple's bread, which would have been a no-no. But David, the king, did it anyway. And then Jesus begins to explain to the Pharisees, hey, haven't you ever read, haven't you ever read how the priest they work on the sabbath <laughs> and the hypocrisy of this these people that are come along jesus trying to judge and say no 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 that's not how you do it you should do it like this that's when the sabbath is broken jesus comes along and he says no 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 here's the deal i am the son of man is the sabbath And he makes this reference and it brings us to Hosea. Hosea. And this is what I feel like you need to hear today is there's this argument between Jesus and the Pharisees and what the disciples are doing, what they are not, what Jesus is teaching, what he's not. And Jesus makes that one statement, the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And it comes straight out of Hosea. And if you go to that reference, you'll eventually get to this place, what he quoted. But he says, this is what Hosea is, and this is what the Lord is saying to us today. He says, come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn, and he will heal us. He has struck, and he will bind our wounds. After two days, he will revive us, and on the third, he will raise up. It doesn't say that in the Matthew reference. And so many times we miss the point because we don't go back to the reference that Jesus is quoting. But then he says this, he says, and he will live in his presence. Let us know, let us strive to know the Lord. And actually what Jesus quoted in, this is not the quote of where it says the, Lord is the, or, you know, the son of God is the Lord of the Sabbath but what he does teach the people at the moment he says for what I desire is mercy and not sacrifice knowledge of God more than burnt offerings and I think that's the heart of Sabbath it's this invitation that God says would you pause every week and just be with me and I just sense that some of you walked into this place today thinking you got to do something, thinking that you have to earn something. And all along the way, it's not really about you. It's about this invitation that God wants to just take a moment and he wants to do this. He wants to heal us. He wants to bind our wounds. He wants to revive us. He wants to raise us up. And I think the main thing that I want to tell you is this, is we think it's us. We think it's up to us. I was just traveling. I had the opportunity to take kind of a, a Sabbath week. I haven't done that for a while. Spent a lot of times with other pastors and we complained it was great. <laughs> and then I got into the Denver airport and I don't know if you've ever been there, but there are a bunch of terminals did you know that? And between terminals, you have to jump on this train or tram, subway, whatever you might want to call it. Have you ever been in a hurry while traveling? How bad does that feel? Do you know what I'm saying? You run as hard as you can. You fly, you, you pull muscles, whatever it takes to get to the other airplane. But then there's an airport like Denver where you can't get from one terminal to another without getting onto the subway. And I'm telling you what, between subways and one terminal to the next, you run as hard as you can. But then when you get to the subway, what, what do you have to do? You have to stop. Doesn't that just burn your chaps? It's, it's the worst feeling in the world. I want to give you an image of what it means to not abide by the Sabbath. It's as if you go into this little car and, and, and you're in a hurry, you've been waiting, you're sweating, your muscles hurt, you're going to miss your flight, you know it, but maybe if you just run, if maybe if you work a little harder, you might actually get to the place where you want to eventually arrive. That when you get into this tram, when you get into that car, because you're in a hurry, you run to the very front of the train and you start pushing on the front of it as hard as you can. I mean, imagine that. Imagine if someone did that. What would you do to them? you would film them and they would be on YouTube because you know that they can't push harder for the train to go any faster. That's what we do in life. We all get caught up in our ambitions and our desires and our pace and along the way we leave God behind or we just become unaware of him. The four basic needs, right? That God would speak to us, that God would hear us, God would be with us, but then God would work in us and through us. And I believe this is the idea of Sabbath, that we come and just simply stop. (laughs) Come on, let's just confess in the room, how hard is it to stop? Come on. How many of you have treated the Sabbath as a suggestion and not as a commandment? Hmm. This isn't an illustration. This isn't figurative. This is guilty as charged. I see that hand. You are saved by the grace of God. No, I'm kidding. But I just sense we need to pause. Some of you need to open up your Bibles up to Matthew 12 on your phone or if you have a piece of paper or you have a paper Bible. And as these guys just kind of do what they do, can we just take a moment and not receive from man, but stop and begin to listen to God? I know this is brand new for some of you, but you can sit down, you can find a different place in, your, in, in, the, in the building. You can come up here, go sit I on. Don't, I don't really care. Just don't come on stage, okay? I'll free Cordy out. Um, but can we do something that's not normal? And will we just seek God? I mean, honestly, grab your Bible. And maybe some of you just need to pause and just reflect and ask God questions. Maybe you need a journal. Maybe you need a text message yourself. We could do church like normal, like we always do. But I sense that the Lord wants to be the Lord of the Sabbath and he wants to speak to you individually. Now, let me just put this out here. Some of you, you've been a part of churches where you feel like when it's quiet, it's your turn to speak. It's not, not today. If the Lord speaks to you, I'd love to hear about it during the week, to be honest. But this isn't a moment for you to speak up when someone's not speaking. I believe this is a moment where God individually speaks to us. Maybe you as a family that just for the next few minutes, next five minutes, I stop, we stop, and we love God. Jesus, today we welcome you in this place. Not in this room, because we knew you were already here. But we welcome you into our spaces, our places. And we pause to join the rhythm of heaven. That today is the day that we pause and we listen. Today is the day we pause and just simply be present. And God, just as Hosea says, at all these promises, we reach out to you and just say, Lord, have your way. Have your way, Jesus.
4: our Bible. God, and I just come to you right now with this beautiful group of people. And we just lay aside anything that's coming up in our thoughts, in our heart. God, I pray that you will remove feelings of guilt, guilt of why do I struggle with this, guilt of things that we've been running from, God. I pray that we can remove shame, If we came into this room today and you're experiencing shame, maybe of even things you've done this weekend, things you're struggling with, things that even your loved ones don't know about, God, I pray that we can give you those things. God, I pray that you will shift our hearts. You'll shift our goals. You'll shift our mind. You'll shift the things that we say we value, God. I know for me, I feel deep conviction. There's a reason I am not preaching this message today, God. God, enough is enough. You are enough. God, may we live a life where we rest to work, not work to rest. That it's not a bragging thing of not taking days off, God, but we start saying, when's your Sabbath? You need to rest, we keep each other accountable instead of the opposite, God. I pray that we live a higher standard, that we hold up one another, God, that we echo these things in this community and in our families, God. I pray for unity in marriages where we can come together and not feel divided. I pray for just a deep conviction of what it looks like to live, God. It's not a list of rules, or us being religious, God, there is a reason this is one of the commandments. There is a reason that this is brought up so many times in the Bible, God. And I just pray that this word becomes a word that's active in our life, God. I pray for every single person in this room that if we can grab one thing today, it's that you are here, that you want to spend time with us, that you are waiting and inviting us every single day, Jesus.
3: Moment. We haven't done, we don't do this every week, but can we pause and just uh, welcome our online viewers? And we love you. We love you. But I want to take a moment and just read a few scriptures in reference to maybe some of the things I've already spoken about. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 6. I want to read two scriptures that clearly. Uh, define and show us that the Lord uh, and God wants to do something within us. Uh, Philippians one six says, "Being confident of, uh, confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus." Can I hear an amen? amen. God is in the business of wanting to do a work in you. Ephesians two eight through ten says this: For by grace. You have been saved through faith. And this is not on your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one can boast. And this is what I love. It says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How many are thankful that God is doing a work in you? And that's what God is in the business of doing. He wants to work on you. God also wants to invite you into this rhythm of rest. But before we invite God and allow God to do what he wants to do, it really puts us at this tension of saying, Lord, it's not really up to me. I can try, I can strive, I can push, I can pray every day, I can do what I need to do uh, and what Andy says to do. But ultimately, it's God who desires to do a work in you. For those that like to take notes, Genesis 2.2, it says by the seventh day and everything that God had done and what he was doing, he began to rest. He rested from all the work of creating. If you've been around Echo, you know this. I encourage you to be creators yourself, because if we're not creating, we can get stuck into the rhythm of critiquing. God wants to do something in you, but it takes rest. Exodus 34, 21 is an interesting scripture. Uh, They're explaining to the Israelites some of these rules and some of these commandments. And and it says, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. That's where the commandment comes. And then he goes even deeper and he says, even during the plowing season and the harvest, you must rest. Y'all, none of us are really farmers in the house, I assume. Uh, Maybe one or two of them. But you know during that plowing and that reaping season, it is very important to work and work and work. And God is even reminding his people who are very familiar of that at that moment that that even takes rest. I would think it's like the equivalent of someone that does taxes, right, about this time. You work and you work and you work and you work and you forget to rest. God would even, he would say this, as if you were uh, doing all of our taxes, I could name you in the room today, I would just want uh, if you're doing our taxes, that even in this season, you know what, Guess what? Take a rest. The very next uh, verse or chapter in verse 35, it's reiterated again. It says, for six days, Exodus 35:2, For six days, the work is done. But on the seventh, you shall keep that as a holy day, a day of Sabbath rest for the Lord. And then listen to how hardcore it gets. Whoever does any work on it, you should put them to death. I mean, that's kind of the tension that Jesus found himself in. As he came into the tension that that was written in Scripture, and because him and his disciples were breaking the Sabbath, people were thinking, like, okay, this is a really good way and method to, you know, take Jesus out. And because it was written in Scripture. But I want to tell you this, and I already kind of looked at Matthew 12. Jesus is not attempting to discredit the commandment, he's trying to refocus. Back to the original meaning. The Sabbath was never meant to be a list of rules. It was meant to be a day of blessing. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And then I'm almost done. Uh, I believe that there are four blessings that we should find within this seventh day rhythm. I want to tell you about them, okay? And and you all know I like to use the same letters. So you know most of them will be uh, of the same letter. And the first one starts with rest. Rest. One of the blessings of the Sabbath that God ordained from the beginning of time is that we were not just created to work, we were created to rest. Burnout is a real deal, right? We can strive and we can push and we can work and work and work to the midnight oils, right? Uh, but the bottom line is God has created us, yes, to work, but also to rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this, come to me all who are struggling and burdened. For what? I will give you rest. The second blessing of the Sabbath is reassurance. I believe that the Sabbath is a weekly test of whether or not we're going to trust God to do the work when we're resting. I believe that the Sabbath and the rhythm, how it comes around every week, is it's honestly trying to build our faith muscle. The trust muscle. And, and you know what? Unless you pause and allow God to stretch you in that area, I believe uh, you may struggle with reassurance. Your faith might be weak. You might doubt if God even exists because what happens is when we don't allow and apply these components to our life, these scriptural ideas, these commandments to our life, it's, it's in essence saying to God, well, we know better. God is trying to build our trust muscle. Sabbath is a weekly reminder for putting our trust in God. And to stop is to believe that God is working on our behalf. Number three, uh, I believe Sabbath, and we talk about Sabbath blessings, is it's meant to be a blessing of relationship. A relationship with God where God wants to refine you and also help you uh, move away and be released from spiritual slavery or sin. Unless we pause and allow God to begin to do work, we may not, do, we may not get to the place that God wants uh, for us to be. And we can see that in the story of the Israelites. He, 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 he doubled down on the Israelites when they were moving out of slavery. Why? Because he was trying to teach people to be more human and less slave. And if we're not careful, what happens is we just get in this rhythm where we just are going to try to fix it ourselves, And it can get us going nowhere fast. There's this man named Sam Nadler who writes this awesome book about the Sabbath and some of the festivals. And he says this, this then is the essence of the Shabbat, which would be the Hebrew name for Sabbath. God desires a relationship with His creation, and weekly time to rest was set aside for that purpose. Shabbat or Sabbath is reprioritizing. Sorry, I'm not even gonna try that again. You get the point. It's I, I know it's it's it, my brain is not there today. Reprioritizing relationships. See, I stop believing and allow God to do a work in me. I'm not going to say it again, but he wants to do that to your relationships with God in your life. Since relationships take time to develop, we need to spend time with God. And honestly, the best way to do that is just simply stop. Allow God in. Who you hang with is who you will become. Sabbath done right is life that is done right. Isaiah 58, 13 and 14 promises when he's speaking about the Sabbath, that this is a day that we can find delight. And where do we find that delight? We find that delight in the Lord. And the last blessing of Sabbath is this, is worship. I think the moment we just navigated was a moment of true worship. That we were worshiping God in spirit and in Truth. I think what worship does on a weekly basis is this is it begins to help us put material, the material world in the background. And it begins to put us the spiritual into the foreground. And you know what? I just think a lot of us we've tried to do the work, we've tried to make change. We've tried to sign up for the the fix-it small group of saying, Lord, I'm going to do our best. And you need to do that. But there comes a point where when we go, you know what, God, I'm just going to submit to your rhythm. I'm going to submit to your rest and allow for you to do a work in me. Amen. Amen. Last illustration. I was thinking about um, Costco. I was thinking about how Costco is kind of like a modern-day image of our desire to always have more and how we never have enough. And I like candy, so I bought this. And I think our life is quite a bit like this jelly belly jar. It's kind of like uh, our spiritual walk can be like this jelly belly jar. I just like saying that. Anybody want to say it? Jelly belly jar, jelly belly jar. There are about 1,600 jelly bellies in here. Today, I want to tell you that this illustrates 31 years of your life, 31 years of your life, that if every week for the next 31 years, we were to take a jelly belly out, it would represent 31 stops. Now, what's fun about jelly bellies is this, is it's full of goodness But then it's full of buttered popcorn as well. (laughs) Anybody like buttered popcorn? Okay, God bless your soul. The illustration was just ruined over here. But life has its ups and downs, right? And from week to week, God promises us goodness even in the midst of buttered popcorn, even in the midst of the jelly belly that you don't like, that God wants us in the good times and in the bad times to rhythmatically pause and receive his blessing. What we just received was the sweetness and the goodness of God. And what I'm afraid of is that at the end of 31 years, of following Jesus. Just imagine, I imagine the median age right now is 31 in the church. That when some of us, we become 61 years old, that what we look over and we see is this jar of jelly bellies on our life's shelf and because we haven't been intentional, because we haven't uh, applied the Sabbath to our life, that in 31 years, for the most part, we miss the blessing that God wants to give us, the sweetness that he wants to uh, apply to our life on a weekly basis. How horrible would it be that in 31 years we would look back and we would reach all of our life goals, we would, we would, we would reach all of those ambitions, yet lose our soul. 31 years it's kind of a huge thought but what if instead of looking at 31 years we would say Lord what do you want us to experience this week and the day that we choose to take a Sabbath on Lord we're going to pause and we're going to reach for your sweetness for your goodness And this isn't about me doing something, this is about what you are up to. Lord, would you have your way in my life? The Sabbath is something that is not meant to be done alone, it's meant to be done with your family. I believe it's something that you can do with your friends. And I think one of the defining factors of followers of Jesus is just this application, this invitation to say, Lord, we're gonna do something different. It's gonna look different than most of the world, but we're gonna do it anyway. And I just want to be a church that applies and believes God that he can do more when we stop. Jesus today, we. We know you're here. And for most of us, today is the Sabbath. We're here for that. And I think what we just experienced, Lord, was your faithfulness to prove your point. God, you are in the business of doing your work. And today, God, we come and we repent. sorry for not applying this to our life. But God, may this be a reminder that you want to do a work in us. Help us submit to your rhythm. Trust in you. Lean into you and your relationship. And God, in the midst of that, God, may we worship you. May you be praised. May you be honored by our obedience. In Jesus' name. And everybody said Will you stand up all across this room? I wanna invite us to pray a prayer that we pray every week. A prayer where we just say, God, you know what? We can't do this, <laughs> but you can. And some of you, you walked into this space and you haven't prayed a prayer like this for a long time. Some of you haven't prayed a prayer like this ever. But this prayer is just a symbol of saying, God, we need your help. Would you save us? Would you rescue us? So church, let us pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. And everybody said,
5: ideas that I would encourage us to take out of God and the Bible is God wants the best for us here and now. And one of the things that God wants best for us is our pace, the pace of our life. It's one of the reasons we are encouraged to embrace the Sabbath. I read a book in college and it was talking about this disease that Americans really struggle with called hurry sickness. So I want you to picture this. You're at the grocery store. You're ready to check out and there's two lines. are like, ooh, that lady has some extra stuff. This lady over here doesn't quite have it. And you decide on the one. And then you follow the other line with your eyes to see if you made the right choice because we're in such a hurry. What if we took this next step, this micro step in our life and made the Sabbath a priority? We took this 24-hour period, slowed down, and were reminded that the world does not revolve around us. That could be life-changing. Now, another really life-changing thing that we can do is take the next step in our faith and be baptized. Jesus commands us, when we accept Christ, we take this step in our faith, we're supposed to get baptized. On March 21st, here at the castle, we're gonna have Flood Sunday, and we would love for you to be a part of the baptism service. All you have to do is email the link below, get some information, and find out more about those next steps. If you're a believer, You should be baptized. We love you, Echo, and we hope you have an amazing week.